but the shooting. And that is the biggest thing everyone is talking about here. How is this going to work in terms of spacing on the floor? Who's going to handle the ball? How is this lineup going to look? Hello and welcome to the Tuesday, August 3rd edition of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host, TV. Hope you're all having a fantastic day and thank you for clicking on to watch or listen to today's episode. Before we start, I do have to plug my other platforms. Remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other great content. If you're on YouTube, remember to like, share, and subscribe. Hit the notification bell. That would be highly appreciated. And for my podcast listeners, remember to subscribe, leave a review if you're on Apple. And for my Spotify, Anchor, or Podbean listeners, just continue to show your support in any way possible. That would be highly, highly appreciated. I have an awesome show lined up for you guys today. I'm going to be talking about the biggest draft winners and losers. I'm also going to be discussing the Russell Westbrook trade that happened on draft night. And finally, I'm going to be giving my predictions for where I think a few of the free agents um, that'll be going onto the market today, where they're going to be ending up, and how much they're going to be getting. I'm going to try to keep this under 45 minutes, but man, there's a lot to talk about, and there has been a lot of just great NBA news. I know I didn't record an episode on Saturday, and I do want to start with that. Firstly, I mean, I do have a lot on my plate right now. I, I'm kind of like um, working two jobs at the moment, and just like just trying to like enjoy my summer and stuff. So, um, in order for me to kind of get the best out of this podcast and stuff, I decided to make this um, podcast for the time being every Tuesday. Um, still going to be some great content, still going to try to cover as much as I can, but I just think for like, um, to help like lessen the stress on myself and to kind of like, like have equal focus on all other parts of my life, I think this is for the best and I think it's going to be probably a better episode because instead of making two episodes a week and maybe making them like subpar, Hopefully this episode once a week can be really, really good and you guys can have some awesome NBA content to listen or watch to. But yeah, that's going to be happening for the foreseeable future. So I might change it back um, maybe later on in the year, maybe in a couple months, but we'll have to wait and see. But then again, maybe this is going to be better just for the podcast in general. So I hope you guys enjoy it. A lot to talk about today. And let's get right into it. Let's definitely get right into it. And we're going to be talking about the NBA draft winners and losers and What's crazy about this NBA draft is that there have been just a lot, and I mean a lot of surprises. There were. I mean, if you just like look right away into the top four, I mean, the Raptors got Scotty Barnes, who many people thought was gonna, thought was going to be number five for sure, and the Raptors were going to take Jalen Suggs. That wasn't the case. That already changed a lot. The Thunder drafting Josh Giddy at number six. That was definitely surprising, and just lots and lots of stuff here and. Basically, how I'm going to do kind of this draft coverage is seeing who I think are going to be who are the biggest winners and losers of the, of the draft so far. There have been a lot of winners, obviously a lot of losers, and there's one team I'm definitely neutral on and I definitely have kind of my opinions on. But let's start positive. Let's start positive. Let's start there and let's go to one of who I think is probably the winner of the draft in general. I got to go with the Charlotte Hornets. And here's why. The Charlotte Hornets had the 11th pick in the draft, and they drafted someone who shot up a lot of draft boards um, over the last few weeks in James Booknight. 
at number 11. I mean, in my mock draft, I had him number 6 going to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the Hornets get him. I mean, he is a very good scorer. I think he actually works better off the ball. So I think he's going to be really good with um, alongside Lamelo Ball. And he's just someone who could just get buckets. Especially because Terry Rozier is on the final year of his deal. Getting someone kind of Terry Rozier-esque who has worked beside Lamelo could be really good. Could definitely be really good. 6'5", 190. He's a damn good scorer. And I think that he can help the um, the Hornets right away. He has pretty good potential. And I think that it was a steal at number 11 getting James Booknight. But you know in my mock draft that I wanted the Hornets to go after Kai Jones. They did. I, I know. And at number 11, I thought that's who they're going to go with. But he slipped and slipped. And he got drafted by the New York Knicks. And somehow, some way, he still ended up on the on the Charlotte Hornets after acquiring him in a trade, which honestly is pretty pretty good in my opinion. Some them getting Kai Jones, I thought he was gonna go um, number eleven, but he slipped out of the lottery. This guy played for Texas last year, and man, I think that this guy's gonna be really good for them. A six eleven center who can catch lobs, which has been a big kind of. A big problem for the Hornets last year. I mean, they had Cody Zell and Bismack Biombo. Bringing in Kai Jones, he could be a rim runner, a good interior defender, good, um, a good help defender, and he's athletic. I think he would be perfect for the Charlotte Hornets team. And honestly, him being able to to drop to them basically at 19 has been a godsend. So they were able to get both Book Knight and Kai Jones. And then in the second round, getting JT Thor, who some people thought he was going to be going way in the first round. And also Scotty Lewis, who is an older rookie, but he could definitely um, help with some backup minutes. It's going to be good. It's going to be definitely good. I mean, JT Thor, man, that guy is an athlete. This guy's athletic as hell. He could provide something for them in the future, too. So I think the Hornets were definitely winners on draft night. Now let's move on to one of the losers of this draft. And I don't want to say that they're a loser because of what of who they drafted, but it's the, re- like, it's kind of the fit. I know they said not to go with fit, um, to go with the best player, but they didn't need to. I mean, the Sacramento Kings for me is a loser here. Devon Mitchell, I think he's going to be a good player. I, whether he's going to be an all-star or not, we'll have to wait and see, but I think he's going to be a good player. But man, they have a crowded backcourt now. I mean, if anything, they could, like, they didn't need a backcourt player, especially if they're trying to, like, go to the future. They, I mean, they already have De'Aaron Fox, they already got Tyrese Halliburton. You don't need to add Davion Mitchell to that um, mix of players. I was hoping, if anything, since he kind of... I was hoping he would go to the Golden State Warriors if he were to get drafted because I thought that would be a great spot for him. But he just didn't go there. And I and going to Sacramento Kings where the the backcourt is already pretty loaded, it, it's something that I think the Kings didn't need to do. I mean... I just thought, like, David Mitchell would be better in a different situation. I think that's why they're losers here. He's an older rookie. I thought that the Kings would go a bit younger as well. I mean, David Mitchell is 22 years of age. Yes, I think he's going to be a good player, but I don't know. I just don't think that this pick was right for the Kings. And the Kings, especially, they're in a lot of turmoil right now. They still don't know what they're going to do with Luke Walton. They're trading, and they're trying their best to trade away Buddy Heald. But their two bright spots right now is having um, Halliburton and Fox as your future. Devon Mitchell, yes, he is a good player. It's just not good for the team. That's why I have them as losers of this. 
Now let's move on to another winner, and we got to talk about the Houston Rockets. Yes, the Houston Rockets. I have them as winners of this draft. They were able to get three guys in the first round. Yes, three. And I think that that like getting those three guys, the players that they got, were damn good. Jalen Green at number two. They got their guy. They got their lead guard. He's going to be an absolute scoring machine in the NBA level. That's good. Then they got someone who was definitely high on in the pre-draft pro um, process, which is Alper and Sengun. I thought he was going to go to number 12 for the Spurs because, you know, they love their international guys and they need a big. But they didn't go with, but he dropped and he went to the Rockets. I think that's a damn good pickup. I think that's a damn good pickup. I hope that he gets his time when he gets there. They also bought an Usman Garuba, who played in Spain last year, has a very high motor, plays hard on both sides of the ball. Needs to polish off his offensive game, but man, he's going to be like one of those guys, man, on the defensive end who just is just going to be annoying when he's guarding you. So being able to get him like in the early 20s was definitely good. And then Josh Christopher, someone who I think you can contribute for them off the bench, provide a lot of scoring. Getting those four guys all in the first round really does help the rebuild. And I just really like the way that they went about this draft, getting multiple positions and kind of looking like having like a good eye towards the future. Getting all four of these guys could be some cornerstone pieces, could help in like certain areas of your team. And again, four years to see how these guys will develop. I like the chance of that. The Houston Rockets, for me, are one of the biggest winners of the NBA draft. Now we got to go to another loser. And I don't want to say this because I do love the franchise, the San Antonio Spurs. But they reached. They reached bad in this draft. And they had the number 12 pick. And like I mentioned earlier, I thought that they were going to go pick up Alperen Sengun out of Turkey. I thought that was going to be a good pickup for them. And... I thought that would be just something kind of good, um, as, especially because they needed the um, they needed the big. But no, they went with someone who I didn't really look into too much. And I had to check up this guy in other mock drafts to see where he's going to get drafted. And this guy, I mean, the Spurs reached. They reached and got Joshua Primo out of Alabama, a guard. Um, and many of the mock drafts, I was like, hmm, who is this guy? He was um, projected to go into the mid to late um, mid to late twenties, and the Spurs drafted him at number twelve. They also picked up J Joe Winscamp out of Iowa as well. And look, the biggest thing about Josh Primo is that he is the youngest guy in this draft, and that could be something very good for the Spurs. At least gives him some time to develop. He could be a good guard for them. But I'm. Um, and I'm all about getting your guy. And I mentioned this, if you guys seen my TikTok a few days ago, I did mention this. I'm all about getting your guy. And if Primo was their guy from the start, I'm happy for the Spurs. They got their guy. But you also got to look at value in this pick. And I think a lot of teams probably had offers for the 12th pick. Maybe you could have got, you could have dropped down to maybe, what, 20, 21? And you would still be able to get Primo and get other assets along with that? Yeah. I just think that the Spurs... Yes, they got their guy, but I just think they could have gone about it a different way. Trade down to number 20 and 21. What, I think one of those teams would have mind dropping into the lot, um, getting into the lottery. He didn't even need much to do so. I mean, maybe grab another, a few second-round picks. Maybe get one of their young prospects at the end of their bench. Something like that. But reaching on Primo at number 12, I mean, happy for the guy. Definitely happy for the guy. But 
the Spurs could have done a lot better here, especially because they also had a position of need at center, and I, and Al Perrin Sagan was on the board. I just wish they kind of went about it a different way. I mean, hopefully Primo's good. I really hope Primo's good. A 6'5 guard out of Alabama. Again, like I said, the youngest player in the draft. He had His NBA comparison is Gary Trent Jr., and I think that get, could be something good that the Spurs can use. But still, man, getting him at number 12 was a reach, was a 100% a reach. And hopefully it turns out well, but I think that the Spurs could have gone about it a different way. Another one in this draft for me is the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers, some a team who got the third overall pick, got Evan Mobley, the only pick in the draft. But man, did they get one of the biggest talents of this draft. I mean, Kate Cunningham, yes. Surefire number one pick has probably the biggest ceiling in this draft. Jalen Green, this guy, um, this the Rockets needed a guard that can score buckets for them. They got him. The Cavaliers got the center and Evan Mobley, who I mean, I got. I mean, a lot of people thought that they were gonna get him anyway. But man, this guy is just a prototypical modern day center. This guy can defend multiple positions. He's athletic. He has great touch around the rim. And honestly, from what I've been reading and what I've been watching, a lot of people would think like, "Look, Evan Mobley is a number one prospect in a lot of years," but he's in this draft with Cade and Jalen. And, and both Jalen's, he got kind of like got like put into the mix, but man, Evan Mobley has a huge upside. They get their starting center to match with Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, all of them. And this guy has guard skills. This guy is kind of like Chris Bosh. I think that's his biggest comparison. I think that this is a great pick, and the fact that they got him at number three, someone with this much upside, is fantastic. So, the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know. They got the backcourt, whether they what whatever they do with Colin Sexton or not. I think that Evan Mobley was the right pick here, the best player on the board, and some people might argue the best player in this draft. And they're able to get Evan number three is a big big deal for this Cleveland Cavalier team, and I think that they are definitely one of the biggest winners of this draft. I do have one more loser to discuss though, and for me it is the Golden State Warriors, and it's not for the reasons you're thinking because the two guys they drafted good. Very, very good. They drafted Jonathan Kaminga, number seven, um, who many people thought could go into the top five. Slim chance, but they had a chance to get there. And Moses Moody. In terms of their actual draft, I think it's closer to a W than it is an L. But man, this is two years in a row now for the Golden State Warriors where they have two lottery picks. They have two lottery picks, and they just didn't make a trade, man. They should have just made a trade. They really should have. I mean, last year maybe it was a bit different. Maybe they want to see how James Wiseman is and, and and stuff like that. I understand that. But now you got two lottery picks. You got a big contract in Andrew Wiggins. I'm sure someone was going to take that. Again, you can get some all-star caliber play in return. But they didn't. And that's the reason why I had to give them a loser of this draft. Because Jonathan Kaminga, as much potential he has, he's not helping them win now. Moses Moody, on the other hand, could definitely be part of the rotation. But again, you could have maybe got some better starter help, someone with more experience, especially when you're the Golden State Warriors and you want to kind of like run it back for like one last time with Steph, Clay coming off an injury, and Draymond, all these guys on at over 30 years of age at this point. Getting these two rookies, yes, could help you long term, but what direction are the Warriors going to? 
because clear because honestly, this current team right now is not a championship contender. We can't expect Clay to be back at his best. And Draymond Green, yes, he's been good, but he hasn't been at his best in a couple years now. Steph is their best player, and he is still, in my opinion, top three NBA player. And bringing people like Kaminga, like Moody, having players like James Wiseman on the roster isn't helping him getting a ring. And that's the reason why I have to give them a loser. I like the picks. Kaminga, great. Moody, the fact that he was able to slip to 14, great. But they just needed to make a trade. They needed to make a trade here, and they just didn't. Um, maybe, I'm not going to count them out just yet. Maybe they, there's a still trade in the works where they include Moses Moody and Kaminga. Maybe James Wiseman as well. But we don't know yet. We 100% don't know yet. And that's the reason why I have to give them a loser for this draft. One more winner I have to go to before we move on to the, to the um, um, before we have to go into the neutral pick. We got to talk about the Orlando Magic, who had two picks in this draft. And honestly, I like both of them. I like both of them a lot. Because at number five, Scotty Barnes was taken by the Raptors at number four. So the Magic were like, wait, what? We got one of the four guys in the draft? We got the Gonzaga star, Jalen Suggs? We'll take that real quick. And yes, they do have a crowd, a crowd at backcourt. Marco Fultz, Cole Anthony, and now you're adding Jalen Suggs. But best player available, man. You make these things work. And Jalen Suggs being able to drop to five. I saw Logic Magic fans happy. And just people are like, man, they got a steal at number five getting Jalen Suggs. That was fantastic. And then at number eight, they got a guy who I thought was going to go to number seven to the Golden State Warriors and Franz Wagner. Wagner. And they got him at number eight. A great defensive player who has length, who has size. And I think... Um, and I think that this is a good pick for them. Like, especially alongside Jonathan Isaac, they need to kind of build up their defensive identity. Getting someone like Franz Wagner, very, very good pick there. And I think those two picks, if you're a Magic fan, you got to be happy. I know they were expecting Scotty Barnes, and I think that he would probably be a better fit for that team. But Jalen Suggs dropping to number five, they got to take advantage of that. They just had to. They 100% had to. And they made the right decision. They 100% make the right decision, and I do think that he could be a good, damn good player for them. And with the amount of young talent they have, you know, Jonathan Isaac, Vendel Carter, you have Franz Wagner now, they have Cole Anthony, Marco Fultz. The rebuild is starting, but they got some good pieces to build up with. And then adding a coach and Jamal Mosley to the team as well. The rebuild is starting, and honestly, it looks good to start off with. Let's see how they do in the court, but it's starting to look. It, it's a good start for the Orlando Magic, getting all those picks for Vucevic, getting all those assets, and now being able to get Suggs and Wagner. Very, very good. They're definitely a winner for me in the draft. Now we got to go to my neutral pick, and I'm a Raptors fan. I'm a Raptors fan, and the reason why I have to say that the Raptors I'm neutral on is because. There's so many moving pieces in terms of what they're, they're able to do with this. Because, number four, people thought it was just guaranteed that the Raptors were going to go Suggs. I mean, Lowry's leaving. They needed the guards. Um, Fred can slide into the point guard position. And Jalen Suggs could just move in right into the shooting guard position. Easy fit. But the Raptors went with upside. They went with long-term potential. They went with the guy who could do everything on the basketball court. Fantastic defender, great playmaker, very good rebounder for a guard, and Scotty Barnes out of Florida State. 
They went with upside. They went with potential. They went where the draft boards wouldn't. And they got Scotty Barnes. And honestly, I like the pick. But in terms of immediate fit, where does he go? Because right now, Siakam is still on the roster. OG still on the roster. And when you have a fourth overall pick in Scotty Barnes, you do want to try to get him that starting lineup. But because of his lack of offensive ability, especially in the scoring end, where are you going to put him with OG and Siakam? I don't know. And alongside that, I mean, they got in David Johnson out of Louisville and Delano Bandon, who is a Toronto guy who I was very happy with that they got. They brought in Delano Banton out of Western Kentucky. First ever Canadian drafted by the Raptors. That was I like that pick too. But back to Scotty Barnes. I like the pick. I would like to pick better if I knew what was going to happen with Siakam. Because apparently last week there was a report that Siakam was going to um, request a trade. And we're not sure if that's still going to happen. Or if the trade's going to happen. Because if he um, if we actually pull the trigger and Siakam gets traded, I really like the Scotty Barnes pick as kind of the Siakam replacement. But the Raptors could have really used a guard here. They, I, I have a feeling they wanted Mobley first and foremost. But if they didn't, I, th- I think, especially like over the last few weeks, of those reports about Scotty Barnes going to the Raptors, I think that the Raptors really thought it was going to... Um, I, th- I guess there, it was like written on the walls or like it was like right in front of us, but the Raptors really wanted this guy. I really like him as a prospect. If I Looking back at it, I still would have probably gone Suggs because it would have been kind of the easy plug-in. But Scotty, man, I mean, seeing him so happy to be drafted by the Raptors, seeing him travel around around the city these last few days, going to one of the best Jamaican restaurants in, in the city, in the real jerk, seeing him like interact with fans, him going to Drake's house, him being just super excited to be a part of the Raptors, makes me happy. And although I say that Suggs, I probably would have still gone with Suggs if we ought to redo it. Seeing someone very happy to join the Raptors, seeing someone who looked just elated to be a part of the team, makes me happy, should make Raptors fans happy, because in the last 20 years, there have been so many people who have been like, I just want to leave. I don't want to be in Canada. I don't want to be part of this organization. Just get me out of here the first opportunity I get. We've come a long way from that. And Scotty Barnes doing his little dance, being extremely happy to get drafted by the Raptors, is something that's kind of a breath of fresh air. And if he's willing to work and he's putting into effort and, you know, we've seen the Raptors um, staff work with OG on his jump shot, Siakam, Van Vliet, I can see that happening with Scotty Barnes too. And hopefully he's a, like he's one of those hardworking guys I'm excited for. I want to see him on the court, man. I'm very excited. That's why I'm giving it a neutral on this. I'm going to have to wait and see. The Raptors still have some moves to make. We have to wait and see what what happens with Lowry, what happens with Siakam. We'll see. Because right now they got three guys in OG, Siakam, and Barnes who kind of do the same thing. And I think that's just too much, especially if you're trying to get them all to start. But I'm excited. Let's see what Masai has up his sleeve. Again, Raptors fans, um, in Maasai we trust. That's all I got to say. But yeah, those are my biggest draft winners and losers. Let me know down below what you guys think. Did I get some of the winners along, some of the losers? Let me know. If, if there's anyone else that you think I'm missing, let, him, let me know down in the comment section below. Let's move on to the next topic. And this trade, man, this trade was crazy. This trade was crazy. Russell Westbrook is now going to the... Los Angeles Lakers 
And the Lakers pulled off a deal, man. They sent over Kyle Kuzma, KCP, Montrezl Harrell, and the 22nd pick in exchange for Russell Westbrook, a 2024 second-round pick, and a 2028 second-round pick. Now, my thoughts on the trade. I think the Wizards... I'll, I'll go with the Wizards really quickly. I think the Wizards... For Russell Westbrook, honestly, that's a solid package. A solid package. I mean, I don't know if they want to win now or what, but getting the 22nd pick, um, getting the 22nd pick in the draft was solid. Um, along, I mean, they got Isaiah Jackson, the center out of Kentucky, which could be solid for them. I mean, they do need some big man depth. But they also brought in Kyle Kuzma, a young player, KCP, Montrezl Harrell. We still don't know what's going to happen with those two and KCP and Montrezl Harrell, but... Having Kuzma among that team as a young piece, not bad, not bad. Now let's move on to the Lakers. And if I had to give this them a grade on this trade, I'm going to give them an incomplete. And here's why. They have four players on the roster. <laughs> they got four players on the roster, always four players on the contract as of this moment. And that is Marc Gasol, LeBron, AD, and Westbrook. They got 11 spots to fill on. Um, for the rest of the team. Let's see what they're going to do. Because at the moment, if you really think that these three guys are going to start in Westbrook, LeBron, and AD, it looks kind of rough. And I mean, not rough, because I think these three guys are still all-star caliber players, and LeBron and AD's pace, um, case, all-NBA players, Russell Westbrook is borderline that. But the fit is just weird. <laughs> the fit is really, really weird. Especially because a few hours before the Russell Westbrook trade got announced, it really looked like they were going to pick a Buddy Heald, who would have been the perfect player to add to a LeBron James team. But they went to start talent, and they got Russell Westbrook. I think this is going to help the regular season a lot for the Lakers. They don't have to tax LeBron as much. Um, Westbrook is has had his share of injuries over the last few years, but this guy competes every night he's on the floor. I think that's going to help on the regular season, and which means lessening the burden on a 37-year-old LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who has had his fair share of injuries. But the shooting, and that is the biggest thing everyone is talking about here. How is this going to work in terms of spacing on the floor? Who's going to handle the ball? How is this lineup going to look? Well, apparently a few weeks ago, Russ, AD, and LeBron had a meeting at LeBron's place and basically were just discussing how to put their egos to the side if they get this trade to go through. That means AD has to stop complaining about playing the 5 and actually move to the 5. LeBron is going to have to play a different um, style of basketball. And Westbrook is going to have to play a different style of basketball. Because let's be honest, this is a star-studded team now. This is a big 3. It's big 3 in the sense where this is star talent. Yes, this is a big 3. Is this a big 3 in terms of fit? I don't think so. But I'm going to give the Lakers time to figure this out. They need to get shooters now. I need whoever's going to play that wing position and that shooting guard position. They need to be lights out shooters. I don't know how they're going to be able to pull this off. I don't know who in free agency they're going to want to pick up. But they need shooters and they need outside shot creators. That's who they need right now. They need to fill out a bench. I don't know what's going to happen, like how the bench is going to look out, look like next year. There have been a lot of reports that a lot of players want to join the Lakers on like sh- cheaper deals, whether that's DeMar DeRozan, whether that's Kyle Lowry, whether that's Rudy Gay, Carmelo Anthony. These are guys that the Lakers could definitely use on a minimum deal. There's definitely um, um, some things 
that it's going to have to happen for the Lakers for this to work. But I'm going to give them time. Also, by the way, the 2020 second, the 22nd pick that um, the um, Wizards had ja- getting Isaiah Jackson, it's going to the uh, it's going to the Pacers. Um, I did not mention that, but yeah, Russell Westbrook to L.A. He's going home. This is his chance at a championship. Whether it's going to happen or not, we're going to have to wait and see. But honestly, as a Russell Westbrook fan, I want to see him get one. Am I a fan of the fit? Not really. But the Lakers are trying here. They address one of their biggest problems, which is trying to get someone for the regular season, trying to help them out, especially like when LeBron and AD need to get their rest. But is this going to create a bigger problem come playoff time? It seems like it, but I'm, I'm going to wait. I am going to wait for the Lakers to fill out the roster. And then maybe in my preseason preview of each team, I'm going to feel a lot better about this team. But as of right now, I'm on defense. I'm going to give them an incomplete grade for this. But I'm going to give them time. I will give them time. I want to see Russ do well. I want to see him get the respect he finally deserves. I hope it works out. I really do hope it works out. I want to see Russell Westbrook hold the Larry O'Brien trophy. But the Lakers, man, they're going to have to do some maneuvering to try and get this roster to work out. But again, I guess a whole, if I want to like put like a, like a statement on this, is that this is going to help them be a better, better regular season team, a better playoff team. They may have got worse. They may have got worse. Let's move on to the final topic of today's show. And I got to talk about free agency. Now, by at the, t- at the time of recording, free agency is going to open up, I believe, tonight at 6 p.m. I think that is the, I think that's what's going to happen. And this is going to be released on Tuesday, which means some of these deals might have already happened. But I'm going to look at five guys here in free agency, and I'm going to basically predict where they're going and how much they're going to make. I might do a bigger graphic um, for the, um, to, um, for the Instagram account, so be on the lookout for that. Follow that um, at TV on Basketball. But right now, here are five guys who I think are going to – it's going to be very interesting to see who they're going to bring in. And I'm going to see, like – and I'm going to predict where they're going to go and how much they're going to get. Let's start off with the greatest Toronto Raptors of all time, the GROAT, Kyle Lowry. And if I had to make a prediction, I'm going to say that the Kyle Lowry is going to end up going to the Miami Heat on a three-year, $80 million deal. They declined Iguodala's play, um, team option, which meant that um, there's they freed some cap room there. And they picked up um, Goran Dragic's option, which means that it looks like that the Heat are planning to uh, make this trade for Kyle Lowry, a sign-and-trade that would get him to the Miami Heat. If I had to think of a type of deal that Kyle Lowry might get, if I'm... If, um, in terms of the Miami Heat, I'm thinking that the Kyle Lowry is going to get a, around a three-year, $80 million deal. And in terms of a sign trade, it's probably going to be someone like Goran Dragic and Precious Achua or Goran Dragic. It's going to be a stretch, maybe Tower Hero, but it's probably going to be someone like Precious Achua, Gabe Vincent, and all of them. I think that Kyle Lowry is going to be a fantastic point guard for that team. I think that he could provide just veteran leadership along with Bam Adebayo, um, Jimmy Butler, and whoever they bring in. They might still have Tyler Hero too and Duncan Robinson, and that team could be a home court team in the East. Do I think a three-year $80 million deal is a lot for Kyle Lowry? Yes, especially at this point in his career. 
but he makes that team a borderline championship contender. He would, especially with the developments Bam has going has gone through. Jimmy Butler still being a top, uh, arguable top fifteen player in the league. I think bringing Kyle Lowry could help this team a lot. We've seen this team go far in the playoffs, and I think that Kyle Lowry could be a big part of that. We'll have to see who might come in return for the for the Miami Heat. As a Raptor fan, I'll take anything at this point, but we'll have to wait and see. I think Kyle Lowry is going to head to the Miami Heat. Um, there are rumors that DeMar DeRozan might join them too. So, And I might get into DeMar DeRozan a bit later. But yeah, Kyle Lowry going to the Miami Heat could be a very good move for them. They're definitely going all in for what they have right now. But let's see if that's going to work out. I think Kyle Lowry is going to go to the Heat. Three years, $80 million. Next player is going to be very interesting. It's going to be Lonzo Ball. And... The Pelicans did extend a qualifying offer to him along with Josh Hart. So he is a restricted free agent. So technically, not technically, the the, Horn, the Pelicans can match anything. They can. But looking at the team last year and seeing how Gonzo Ball has performed throughout his career, I think that the Pelicans would be very weary in trying to match a deal with Lonzo Ball, especially if it goes over $20 million a year, maybe over $22 million a year. So I think things like the Raptors could be a potential destination, a team like the New York Knicks. But the team I have them going to is the Chicago Bulls. And I think it's best with fit. And I think it's going to be a great place for him to succeed. Because they already got the number one scoring option in Zach Levine. They already got the number two scoring option in Nikola Vucevic. They got a defending wing in um, Patrick Williams as well, who hopefully can develop an offensive game. And now they need a point guard who can help facilitate, defend, and hit the occasional three. Lonzo Ball is that, and I think that the Chicago Bulls can use him to his full potential. Again, I don't think the Pelicans are matching anything over $20 million a year. I really don't. But he is the ideal point guard for the Chicago Bulls. They want to compete now. I think Lonzo could really help this team out. I believe that the Chicago Bulls could probably sign him to a four-year, $85 to $90 million deal, to be honest. I definitely see that happening. I think it's going to be a great fit for Lonzo Ball on that team. If the Pelicans match that, you know, fair play to them. I still think that him and Zion could work really well together if you just give them time. But it does feel like the Pelicans are not super high on that. So I think if the Bulls can offer somewhere around that $85 million deal, maybe even over $80 million is good enough to do so. But I think the Bulls are going to end up with Lonzo Ball in this. Um, they still have to fill out the rest of their roster for sure. But having Vucevic, Patrick Williams, Zach Levine, and Lonzo, not a bad start. Not a bad start. And I really do think Ball would benefit mostly from the Bulls. Him on the Raptors would be very interesting too. Same thing with him on the Knicks. But I think the Bulls is probably the best fit. And I think the Bulls will definitely make it tough for the Pelicans to want to match that offer. Now let's go to DeMar DeRozan. I did say I was going to mention him later. And here's the time. DeMar DeRozan... I think it's between two teams for him. And it really depends on what he wants. Does he want to play with his friend, his best friend in Kyle Lowry out in Miami? Or does he still want to be a contributor to a very good team and go to the Dallas Mavericks? Those are the two teams I have him going to. And I see this happening in two, like in two different scenarios. If he signs with the Heat, I see him kind of getting that Rudy Gay deal that he got with the um, San Antonio Spurs quite a bit ago. Maybe like a one-year $13 million deal. Something like that. And that's if he wants to play with Kyle Lowry again. If he wants to be part of a East contender. 
But if he wants to take out West and still get a good, decent amount of money, I think the Dallas Mavericks could use him very well. Him beside Luka Doncic, I mean, Luka is developing a very good three-point shot. Obviously, he's their point guard. But DeRozan can help, you know, relieve Luka of some burden, especially when handling the ball, which is something they sorely needed in the playoffs, just a secondary ball handler. And DeRozan, being a veteran, being someone who has been a multi-time all-star, could definitely be that for the Dallas Mavericks. Pairing with Porzingis, maybe get some defenders around him. I mean, they already got Dorian Finney-Smith. Hopefully, they can get someone else in free agency. But it really just depends on what DeRozan wants. Like I said, if he's with the Miami Heat, a one-year $13 million deal seems about right. If he's with the Dallas Mavericks, I could see him getting anywhere like from like a two-year $45 million deal to a two-year $15 million deal. That's if he wants to get paid and still become like be on a playoff team, a playoff contender. And I think honestly, I'm good with any of them. The Miami Heat would definitely be interesting, especially with shooting. If Demar Derozan joins that team, maybe he comes off the bench. We'll have to wait and see. But him with the Dallas Mavericks, I think that is something I would really want to see him beside Luka Doncic. I think they would be a definitely a good backcourt, or him moving to the four position, whatever. But I think he would definitely be a good fit on that team. So. DeMar DeRozan, depending on what he wants, he can get a one-year $13 million deal with the Heat. Or if he still wants to get that bag and, you know, kind of get as much money as he can, two years 50, two years $45 million deal, I think the Mavs can get that for sure. Next, I'm going to talk about two players, and Kawhi Leonard and CP3. And the reason I have both these guys together is that I think these two guys are going to sign with their respective teams. I think the Clippers are going to resign Kawhi Leonard to whatever big deal it is, um, he's not eligible for that like five-year, $250 million deal yet. I think he has to wait another year, apparently. But I still think that Kawhi could possibly get like a four-year 190, which is, I think, the max at the moment. And then for CP3, a three-year $90, $95 million deal seems about right for Chris Paul, especially what he did um, over this past season with the Phoenix Suns. And I think that it's probably for the best. I, like I said earlier, like a few, uh, I think on the last episode, I really want CB3 to run it back with the Suns team. They all get a year older. Chris Paul showed that he still has um, some gas left in his tank. I think they could still be contending next year if they just make some minor tweaks here and there. As for Kawhi Leonard, he's going to be out for most of next year. And I think that's fine if they're the Clippers. They got to keep around their star players. They moved heaven and earth to try and get him his second star in Paul George. They're going to do their best to resign him. I think Kawhi is going to resign anyway because it's his hometown. He made such a big deal trying to go home to L.A., whether it was the Lakers or the Clippers. I think he's comfortable there, and I think that with the roster they have constructed right now, maybe they can make some trades here and there. They will be a contender in the West as long as he's healthy. Definitely not this year, but next year, 2022, sorry, 2022-2023, I think they're going to be contenders once again because Kawhi Leonard is that good of a player. And I mentioned it before. Same thing with KD when he signed with the with the Nets. They didn't care he had an injury history, but they knew that because he was a top three NBA player, that it was going to be worth it in the end. And I think that for the Clippers, it's the same thing with Kawhi Leonard. Apparently, he's going to listen to some offers from other teams, but at the end of the day, I still think he's going to choose the Clippers and he's going to stay there. Now, the final guy I want to talk about in terms of free agency is going to be Jared Allen, and I think and I think that this is very very interesting. Because the Cavs, I do think they want to bring him back. I really do. But I think they have less of a need to bring him back just because they brought in Evan Mobley now in the draft. 
So that means, yes, I think the, I think the Cavs already extended the qualifying offer to him. But there's going to be a lot of teams um, waiting for the, um, asking for the services of Jared Allen. I think a team like, and I think the team that's going to get him is going to be the Toronto Raptors. I really do. Now, is it going to be an overpay? Yes, because you got to overpay for restricted free agents so that, um, so that the other, so that the team that they have the rights to, or in this case, the Cleveland Cavaliers, are not going to match. Because honestly, I think his value right now is anywhere between four years, seventy-five million to four years, eighty million. I think at the moment for Jared Allen, I think the Raptors are going to have to pay like four years, ninety. To be honest, they're going to have to be. And yes, I know that I think the Cavs want him to stay. I really do. But with Evan Mobley already on the roster, him being able to um, do so much from that center position, I think if the Raptors pay this price, yes, it's a bit steep. I think he's able to get him. And the Raptors need to fill that position. They didn't. They didn't do anything to get Mobley, but they got Scotty Barnes. They got their wing defenders. They got their point guard and Fred VanVleet. They're missing a center. They're hundred percent missing a center, and Jared Allen, I think, could fit in perfectly. Perfectly, he is a good rim runner. This guy can grab rebounds. Is a f- fantastic help defender, and I think he's slowly but surely developing an offensive game. I think he could be a very good addition to the Raptors. I think he fits with the timeline. I want I want the Raptors to get him. <laughs> I really want the Raptors to get him. Yes, it's going to be an overpay, but you got to overpay for restricted free agents, man. That's just how it is. And and the Cavs already have Evan Mobley, like I said. And if they want to match for Jared Allen, I don't think like going near a $25 million deal is something that they want to do with Jared Allen, especially with the team they have constructed right now. So, yeah. The Raptors gain Jared Allen. Imagining a starting lineup of maybe Van Vliet. I mean, assuming Siak can be traded as well. I mean, Van Vliet, Gary, Scotty Barnes, OG, Jared Allen. I think that's a pretty good team for the future. But we're going to have to wait and see. I hope the Raptors get him. Four-year, $85, $90 million deal sounds about right. <laughs> maybe they're going to have to go higher. Who knows? But Jared Allen, I do think he's going to end up on the Toronto Raptors. But yeah, those are my free agent destination predictions. Let me know down below what you guys think. And just let me know what you guys think about about other free agents. I mean, there are a lot of good free agents. Where do you think Andre Drummond's going to go? I don't know. Who do you think some of these other free agents are going to go? Like Victor Oladipo as well. Let me know down below in the comment section or on the Instagram post. But I think this is where we're going to end today's episode. Thank you guys for watching or listening. Remember to show love on all the podcast channels. Like, share, and subscribe. Hit the notification bell if you're on YouTube. And remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for some awesome content. I'm going to try my best to do a lot more TikToks now that I'm not going to be doing two episodes a week on the podcast. But I'm going to definitely be back next Tuesday with another episode. Hopefully with a guest. I'm going to have 90% sure chance I'm going to try to get a guest on the show. I'm going to talk some NBA free agency as well. So that should be pretty fun. And again, just check out some Twitter and Instagram for just updates on the podcast and for other stuff, like other awesome content. Because I'm going to definitely start tweeting a lot more just about random NBA stuff that I see. And also just on Instagram, just look out for lots of video content. Check out my um, TikTok, which has surpassed over 200 followers. Check that out as well. But yeah, again, thank you guys for all the support. Just Eclipse 2100 downloads. Thank you guys so much for supporting me through this. I mean... Just trying to figure out how, the best schedule for me. I think this one-a-week schedule is going to be best for me and then also a better listening experience. So hopefully it goes well. 
hopefully I can get a lot of um, stuff in on the week as well. So, yeah. This is where we're going to end things. Hope you all have a fantastic day. TV signing out. Take it easy, guys.